competing at a combined weight of 405 pounds. They are the reigning, defending, undisputed racing dudes, triple crown champions of the world, the Magic. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 455. Mr. Samich. Cave Rock. Huzzah! Oh, boy! Cave Rock is back, baby. Just wait for it. We got two more days to the draw the Sanita Derby. And you boys have got Cave Rock coming for the Sanita Derby. Everybody get scared. The champ is back. How you doing, buddy? Doing great, man. I'm doing great. It's fun. We're getting close enough to the Kentucky Derby now that we don't have to just talk about bullshit for an hour. We can talk about races that actually make a difference. We can start comping these horses. We have some idea what the actual price on these horses is going to be. I sent a text to the group saying the morning line of the five favorites right when we got done with the races on Sunday or Saturday. So I was pumped up about that. This is a really fun time of year because we now have the final preps going on from all over the country. We're somehow getting Keeneland back already. I can't believe Keeneland is already coming back. Time just flies. And we're getting to the point where the, the you know, the what is it? The, the pavement's hitting the road. What's the, the thing? The rubber's hitting the road now. And this rubber's hitting the road. Because we, we actually have some real things to talk about. And as we talk about Forte, I've got my comp horse for Forte. Who I think Forte is. It's, it's a compliment to Forte. The horse <laughs> did not win the Kentucky Derby. Ooh, and that is what we call in the business a tease. That is an excellent one. I don't even know who Mike's saying. He wouldn't tell me beforehand, so we're going to find out uh, here in a little bit. Um, boy, I'm excited. Keeneland opening day overnight. Kevin B is asking if they draw tomorrow. First, I think opening day is Friday, right? Because we've got the Ashland and then the to a couple other stakes. I'm not going to name them because I get them wrong. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's Keeneland season. That means it's same color saddlecloth and a grade one seasoning. God, it's like I have such a love-hate relationship with Keeneland because excellent court, like the facilities, everything when we were there for Breeders' Cup was just top-notch. Beautiful uh, surroundings when you're watching. Why do we have the same? Every year, Mike, every year we ask this, why are the same color saddlecloth still a thing? Well, I just the first grade one will happen. And horse racing Twitter will have about 150 complaints immediately. Why are they all the same color? It's like like no one. I'll be one of them. They, yeah, <laughs> they had this. Just save it in your drafts and keep hitting the send button every single year. You won't be disappointed. We also get the Ickle Firsties. The first two year olds are going to be out there. Yeah, that's a Harry Potter reference. You can get it. The first two year olds are going to be going four and a half furlongs uh, around kind of a turn. It's like a little bit of a bend, uh, but it's a lot of fun to see those and kind of some of the gamesmanship goes on because you get to see some of the Wesley Wards that we're going to get to see go over to Royal Ascot. And then you get to see trainers like John Enos is going to have some of his big time stars there. Other guys who are trying to simply sell their horse. And so you just have these two-year-olds that are young, that are pumped up, ready to go. And you can sometimes get prices on them if you know which connections they're looking to sell. So fun to play those two-year-old races there at Keeneland as well. Looking forward to this meet kicking off here on Friday. Uh, we'll never get it again. But I remember opening day, Keeneland last year, Luis Mendez had a Flavian Pratt riding a two-year-old race. And everybody was all about some Wesley Ward horse that was, uh, I think, odds on. And boy, Mendez and Pratt, that horse just rolled. Um, it didn't do anything else after that at, at Keeneland. And, and, and all the prices we would have gotten on Mendez went right out the door with that race. But yeah, there's always a chance to watch that. There's always those trainers that drive me crazy where it's like they've got they buy them for I mean, hats off to them. They're running a great racket. They buy a horse at auction for five grand. It's like, hey, there's a gun runner nobody wants. Five grand. Just build it up, build it up, build it up. Make it fire early. Someone else will buy it off of you for a hell of a lot more. 
then your training costs and everything. Plus you get that nice Keeneland purse uh, winners per, uh, percentage there. So a lot to like about, but Hey, before we get to Keeneland and yes, we are going to Keeneland for the late pick five on Saturday. We're already going to, we're loving Keeneland. We're excited for it. Yeah. Before you do the intro, I got, I got a couple things. First off, crazy tournament stretcher. If you're interested in tournaments, there, there's a major tournament this weekend on horse tourneys Friday and Saturday. So make sure you check that out. $350,000 buy-in. There's still qualifiers going to that. Express Bet has a $1,500 Saturday tournament for betting the Sandy to Derby card. Uh, and then Keeneland Grade 1 Gamble, which is one of the best tournaments. You want to go to BCBC or NHC the following weekend there. You can get on through both of those on horsetourneys.com. So go check that out if you want to try and play some more tournaments. We talk about those quite a bit. I know Tom's in here talking about it. Dr. Tang's in here talking about it. And then I want to give a shout-out. I want to give a shout-out to Dennis Thirsty. But trusty, I'm sorry. Dennis Trusty. Because I was trying to be nice and I just messed this up. He crushed the WWE card on Saturday night. I can't believe you can even bet on this thing. But he had a <laughs> plus 450 best bet winner. He had another best bet that won at minus 135. So, Dennis, good work on you, man. Uh, I still can't believe you can bet wrestling. And holy crap, did they sell for a lot of money today. But great job picking that card. Yeah. Uh, hey, no spoilers in the chat. Stop it. I haven't seen wrestling. I'm just kidding. I got spoiled by everything and it's wrestling. I will say I was very surprised um, by the plus. I wouldn't have bet it because of whatever the other person's odds were that uh, was heavily favored against the plus 450. But um, yeah, great job, Dennis. I did see that uh, on Twitter this morning, actually, that uh, I think someone retweeted or something like that. So yeah, hats off to you, Dennis. It, it's crazy. You're right. You shouldn't be able to bet on it because it's even- scripted. Just follow the storylines. Figure Literally out what's going to make the most sense. Yeah, yeah. Eh, whatever. Listen, we'll just keep cashing while everybody does the odds on Wesley Ward horses that finish second, third off the board. All right, Mike, we got a big show. Two Kentucky Derby preps, two Kentucky Oaks preps. Lots of opinions coming at you. Make sure if you're in the live chat, give us your opinions too. Rise up. Oh boy, Magic, did you freeze or did I freeze? I can't tell. I think Magic froze as he was trying to play the Kentucky or the Florida Derby here. Anybody? Was it me? Oh, no? Maybe? There we go. Man, I started. I didn't even know. I thought it was me because my internet sucked for the last week. No, that was me. And I'm still uh, at at one star here. I'll let you take it over. Here's the Florida Derby. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about this Florida Derby. First off, Everyone is talking. Well, actually, let's not let's not get to that. Let's watch Forte and Mage first, the 11 and the four horse before we talk about a different horse. I don't think enough people are talking about uh, Forte actually got a decent trip here, I, I, especially into the first turns, able to save some ground. They went pretty quick up front. It's going to be about three wide into this first turn. But every one of the other major competitors are also sitting wide here. If you look at everyone saving ground, it's more of the long priced horses that we're trying to make. Uh, you know, trying to really upset the apple cart here. You've got Cyclone Mischief, who's three wide. You've got Forte, who's three wide. The 12 WHNL is five wide. Mage misses the break, three wide on the back. The one horse is Fort Bragg, who's not three wide. But we'll get into Fort Bragg in a second, because I do think it is worth having a discussion about this horse, which was shocking to me when I watched the replay, because I did not realize what happened when you watched the first one. First off, this is both a positive and a negative for me if I'm a Forte backer. So let me get into why it's a positive and negative. First off, negative because clearly there are going to be traffic issues on Kentucky Derby Day for Forte. He is going to be toward the back of the field and going to have to pass between 10 and 15 horses. 
That is not easy to do no matter how you try and do it. So you're going to have some traffic trouble that IRAD's going to have to weave through on that specific day. The positive is the horse is wildly professional and loves to win. And that's, I think, what you really saw here. You can see the four right now, Mage, sweeping the field. Forte kind of tucked in here. And IRAD decided to go in between horses instead of go outside earlier. And that's why he was in this position. He swings five wide. Mage hits the front. And it doesn't necessarily look like Forte is going to respond. But then once you get to about the quarter pull here, you're going to see a little bit of shake of the whip. And Forte is going to essentially explode by here in the last 16th of a mile. Really professional effort. Really nice to see him win. Save very little ground. We'll have absolutely no issue with the mile and a quarter distance in the Kentucky Derby. So there's a ton of positives from that sense. But to me, this kind of solidified my thought that Forte is going to have some traffic trouble come the first Saturday in May. This was uh, an excellent, excellent analysis, uh, by the way, uh, of Forte and, and the way that the race unfolded. Did you think he had a bad ride? I didn't. And a lot of people gave where I saw were saying, I, you know, he, he won despite the ride. And I was like, I read, I don't think put him in a bad spot. He said after the race that he thought he'd be more forwardly placed and just, he couldn't cross over. He, there were too many horses that went, uh, including the 10 Fort Bragg where he was, were you disappointed with the ride? I didn't think there was any real issue with the ride. He, he, the, like, Mage definitely got the jump. But I don't necessarily, and that's to me is the only part, like, the first turn, what are you supposed to do from the 11 post? Like, you either want to be more forward, you want to get over. You didn't really have either option, right? So you, you would have had to use more horse early to be able to get a different ride. You kind of don't want to get out. You don't want Mage to get the first jump on you. But I'm not sure what Irad could have done because Mage got the momentum going before Irad could have even seen him. And all of a sudden, he was going around and by. And one of the reasons why you'll notice Mage kind of tired a little bit in the last 16th was because he went so early. So you don't really want Forte going that early and tiring late and seeing what happens there. So I don't really have an issue with how Irad rode this horse. I thought he did a good job of saving some ground on the second turn. You notice that like he he. Did Like I mentioned, he split instead of going three, four wide. He could have been four wide, five wide the entire time. He saved some ground and then wheeled out after Mage passed him. I, I thought this was about as good as you can get. And it's one of those rides where a lot of time when you're on a one to five shot, your goal is to not get in trouble. So you're not going to put the horse, you're not going to be overly aggressive with the horse when you could get yourself in trouble. And I think that's what a lot of this ride was. Uh, this was the, uh, according to Craig Mokowski of Timeform US, who retimed this race because you see 148 and a half, a uh, minute 48 and a half uh, was way too slow, actually, or way too fast for how this race actually ran. It was what, almost a second slower. Yeah. Um, he rated the opening pace extremely high, and it was at 23 and a half, 46 and three. Someone asking in the chat if the, if the times change. I can't, I was looking right now to see if Craig posted specific fractions, but he was showing how fast it was. And the 10 Fort Bragg, I don't think he's not a great horse. We didn't think he was a great horse. Wasn't a terrible effort from him, uh, especially because he had to clear, go off, uh, and cross over there. But let's hit the uh, pause button. Let's put the yeah. pause button on that comment. Let's go back to the start and pause the race before it starts. Fort Bragg may have run the second or third best race in this race. I didn't watch this early. I missed this completely live when we were covering the race live because I was. I had a massive 11-4 exact in the Florida Derby tournament, so I was focused on the 11-4. But when you watch these replays, watch how bad. And this is this is crazy. Magic Clip playing in a second. Watch how bad the 10 breaks. And then watch how he clears. Whoa. Watch how he clears. He's in between oh, the he 7 just found a hole. the lead. 
He went 23 and 5, 46 and change with that break. He broke the wow. same match. Look where the two are. Madge is in the last three wides. He made the lead off of that break and then held for fifth. I think this is a really good race from Fort Bragg that not enough people are talking about. Because if, you, if that break was atrocious, especially for a speed horse, and he essentially had to then duck inside everyone who outbroke him, split them and go to the front and do it in one of the fastest opening half miles we've seen in this entire prep season. And going a mile and an eighth. We're not going a mile and a sixteenth to the first uh, to the first finish line at Gulfstream. Which, by the way, if that was the case, Mage is your Florida Derby winner. Um, he had that race. Did you see the footage of his trainer Gustavo Delgado uh, cheering from the stands? That poor guy thought he had the race won until about four seconds left in the race, and that's when we all just went, "Ah, there's Forte." And if you bet Mage, you went, "Ah, shit, there's Forte." But man, what? Let's talk about Mage for a little bit here. The the four horse. What did you think about his effort? Because this is a horse that won Gate to Wire on debut, bad break, Fountain of Youth. You know, was still able to rally. This one, he was last, like you said. Yeah, Mage is. This is going to be an interesting horse when when we actually get to the first Saturday in May. Now. Um, you mentioned obviously had huge issues breaking here, but had absolutely no issue breaking in that first race and looked awesome. Went 22 and three in the first, uh, first quarter of a mile. So we know that he's able to get out of the gate and, and be quick. He had issues last time, obviously had issues this time. Makes a massive move, right? Massive move around the turn and just gets run down by Forte here. I'm a little concerned what the price is going to be on this horse come, yeah. come Kentucky Derby Day, right? Because if, if you ask me what's the fair odds, probably in the 20 to 1, 15 to 1, somewhere in that range. Yeah, Nash might go off as the third choice. Like, yeah. if, if you think about it, because there's going to be so many people, so many people that are going to talk about this race and how bad the break was, how big that move was how he is not able to run his race here and that there's so much more talent, so much more upside. He should be forwardly placed. If he can get to the wire or get to the lead or get somewhere up in that top four, have this kick around the turn still, he's really, really dangerous. Although I will say he got tired. You know, I mentioned that in the previous 16th. He got tired in that last 16th. So a mile and a quarter, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I, I mean, I, I thought this was a phenomenal race. I thought Maj ran a better race than Forte based on what how everything happened not saying he's a better horse i thought he ran a better race i don't know if i'm going to be able to touch this horse on the first saturday of may and I, I kind of feel the same about forte as well if you want to get into that at some point too yeah let's real quick uh a couple of people talking about cyclone mischief and far be it from us to uh ignore when dale romans actually has a horse that doesn't completely fall apart uh at about the quarter pull there so cyclone mischief this is two straight races now off Lasix, not terrible efforts. Clearly, I think a cut below, but he's got enough points to go to the Kentucky Derby. And he has kind of that, that running style where he's always around, almost reminds me of Simplification, where he's kind of around there at the end. You remember Simplification was around at the end of the Derby. If Rich Strike doesn't come up and do what he does in, in the Kentucky Derby, you know, Simplification, I think, finishes fourth in the race. So third or fourth. So uh, any thoughts on Cyclone Mischief, or do you want him at all moving forward towards the Derby? I wouldn't use him on top, but he he is a useful horse in that third and fourth spot. Um, I, 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 he just kind of runs his race outside of the one absolute clunker that we saw. He's kind of just running place everywhere else against a fairly good crop here in Florida. I mean, like if, if you respect Mage and you respect Forte and you're going to see both of those at 10 to 1, Cyclone Mischief is going to be 30 to 1. You're going to get a significantly better price on him than you are Mage. And so uh, to me, if... if if you like this race and you're looking to bet out of it, 
Cycle and Mischief is one that I think fits underneath in those those exotic bets. Um, all right, so let's get into uh, what was it you want to talk about? Forte? Did you want to get into who you were comping him to, or was there something else that you wanted to touch on first? Sure, we can. T- so look, if you told me, and this is this is this is right now, we're obviously a month out, so I, I reserve the right to change my opinion. Forte was five to two in the last Derby pool over the weekend, mm-hmm. and then won the Florida Derby after that. Cave Rock is going to smash practical move in California this weekend. <laughs> and so there goes another favorite. Forte is going to be between eight and five and two to one when they break the gates from the Kentucky Derby. I think Forte is the best horse in this class. I don't think I can bet Forte at those odds. When you look at, at past horses that have broken from the gate at those level of odds, like if, if you look at, let's look like the fast five years. So you've got like Omaha Beach who didn't make the gate, but was five to two, probably going to be around that price. You got Justify, five to two off. I can handle that in a field of 20 when I have a horse with speed who wants to be forwardly placed. Forte feels a little like essential quality to me. That's the comp that I'm going to use. Ooh. Broke okay. Maiden, wins the, the Breeders' Cup Futurity, two year old champion, undefeated going into the Derby. And the trip just wasn't good enough to get home in that big of a field. Ends up running fourth. I think it's third after the DQ, all that jazz. <laughs> Two to one favorite who's got to come from off the pace, who needs to make a trip. That's what Forte feels like to me. And I, I, I'm not sure I can bet a horse in a 20, rate, 20 horse field in this type of race who's coming from off the pace, who we know is like this was a what, 12 horse field, 11 horse field. Trouble is going to happen at some point. Mm-hmm. You really want to follow two to one when you know trouble is going to happen. It could be a lot worse than what we saw in this Florida Derby against a lot better horses. And it, not that I think he's the same caliber of horse as Modonagal, but he reminds me a bit of Modonagal in the sense that like he's going to keep coming. He's got the power. He's got the class compared to everyone in his group. But uh, you might leave yourself a little bit too much to do. And I know that um, Modonagal drew the dreaded rail for the Kentucky Derby, but uh, he ran well, just wasn't able to get up past fifth. And there's a lot of it's because he's just left with a lot of uh, a lot to do here. Um, and Michael, I just want to know clarification on Forte. Like, you're not going to leave. Are you going to bet him in your pick five? We end up doing for the Magic Mike show. I don't know. I mean, to me, like, I, if he draws the one, probably not. Right. And mm-hmm. the other thing I was thinking about, and I, I thought this was a good thought experiment. Right. What post does Forte want? Like the eight. The 10? What everybody wants for the derby, right in the middle there. I mean, like, it, it, it's there's not really a good post for Forte. Like, it's all just kind of, you know. So, it, to me, it's just, it's it's one of those things when you when you have these races. And, yes, essential quality was a little closer to the pace, but still, still definitely closer in my mind. I, like, to me, it's just, it's going to be a lot to ask at that price with that big of a field. So, it just... Man, I'm I, like I thought the four first originally, and then I was like, well, maybe once the eight or the nine, so you can have a few more options. You're not going to be as screwed from a first turn perspective, get shuffled back so much if you were in the four. But the fact that we can't even like agree that this is where you want to be tells you he's going to have traffic trouble. There is no easy trip for Forte, and you're going to be laying a short price. Now, the biggest concern for me, and the, well, the biggest issue for me is a better. I'm not really ready to make a case for anyone else, right? Because you're probably going to have Forte right around two to one, something like that. You're going to have Angel of Empire right around six to one. Um, who else was I saying? I can't remember who else it was. There's one other horse that's going to be right. Oh, Tapatrice is going to be right around six Tapatrice to one. will be the King's Barnes. Might, you know. King, well, King's Barnes will probably be in that eight to one range with Dermasova de Gatte. If Victory, Form, or, um, yeah, Victory Formation wins over the weekend, 
Is that it's 54 major, right? Anyway, if the if the secondary winner is not Cave Rock, you're probably like eight to one there as well. I'm not sure I want to back any of those horses at those prices either. And that's where I think that the, a month out where I'm struggling with how I'm going to try to play this derby, obviously a ton of time still. So I've got plenty of time, the practical move. It's going to be interesting here what that how this works out, because you're going to have four horses, five horses that are also sub 10 to one that I can poke holes in pretty easily. As uh, Curtis Manlo says, and by the way, Curtis Manlo, I love that you updated your uh, your YouTube photo again. That's that's just like creepily fantastic. It's 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 killing me to put it up there because I hate looking at it. But it's a great point. But these guys says very good chance. Tappet Trice and Forte are running 16th and 17th into the first turn, and that's a great way to muck up for the super. That is not how you win the Kentucky Derby. Don't come at me with the rich strike bullshit. That was a weird year, way too fast of an early Derby that that uh, benefited him. And like, uh, where was it? I think was it. Joey said it. Yeah, Joey says, I don't even see a true speed horse in this crap. Right now, we don't have a clear picture of the pace, but it's not like we didn't even know last year with these two stupid Japanese European horses came over and were just like, ah, 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 we're going to go, with, you know, we're going to treat this like it's a six furlong sprint, idiots. Yeah, and I, I want to make sure too. I'm not knocking Forte. Essential quality lost two races in his life. That he ran fourth in the Derby and third in the Breeders' Cup Classic. So he had a pretty darn good career. I'd say that's a oh, yeah. very favorable comp in that sense. It's just, that's who he reminds me of at this point. And that's the price you're going to lay and the trip you're going to get on a favorite in a 20 horse field. All right, let's move on. We, there was one other derby prep here and, and not nearly as a big of a uh, hot button item here, but Angel of Empire wins the Arkansas Derby, his second straight prep win following the Risen Star Stakes at Fairgrounds. So Mike, we know he can take his uh, game on the road. We know that he can beat big fields. We know that he can handle whatever they throw at him. Angel of Empire, what'd you think about his effort here? First off, props to Magic, who gave out the 6-9 exact on the live stream. hey 58-1 to on King Russell. My wife is still pissed at me since that's her maiden name that I didn't have a horse. Um, oh, yeah, my yeah. God. Yeah, that's not great. I was not expecting Rocket Can to be your favorite. I thought Reincarnate was. I was surprised by where the money went on actual race day, and it, it floated Angel of Empire up, because the, and that 9-2 to two price was phenomenal. Unlike the Florida Derby, this is like picturesque for what you want. Everyone got the exact trip that they were expecting. Even even our boy Red Route 1, who's barely on the screen, that's where we thought he'd be. So, like, every single horse here got exactly the trip they were expecting. The fractions were reasonable. So I think you can take quite a bit from this race because this is what they want to do. And when you say it like that, and you look at what Rocket Can did, and then you compare Rocket Can to what he did against Forte, and then you look at what Angel of Empire did, Angel of Empire is a serious contender in this. I thought this was a phenomenal race from Angel of Empire and, and to me really solidified the previous win, which was very much a pace collapse, right? I, I mean, winning the Risen Star was great, but that race fell apart, right? Sun Thunder ran second. This race did not fall apart. This was just a very good effort from Angel of Empire, who seems like a horse on the improve. Um, I, this is a real derby contender. I did not think that going into Saturday, coming out of Saturday, I, this is a horse that can win the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, I, I thought this was uh, I thought this was a fantastic effort from surprising. I, I was discounting him. I was trying to play against him, uh, but he really showed up and showed out in this spot. And look at how big the margin is. <laughs> and by the way, he beats Reincarnate, won the Sham Derby Prep, beat Rocket Can, who won the Holy Bull, second to Forte. By the way, we're going to touch on that in a second because now we have a measuring stick, uh, a little bit of measuring stick against Forte. Um, hey, there's Red Route One. Now he's in second. Way too late for Red Route One to get up there. Um, all right, let's talk about other horses. Because I'm agree with you. Angel of Empire, I think, is fantastic uh, for the Derby. 
not sure what kind of price we're going to get on him off of this, but uh, let me ask you this real quick before we move on. Is he Brad Cox's best horse for the Derby now? I mean, who knows? Who knows with Brad Cox? Until well, next week. <laughs> throw the hands up because Instant Coffee was definitely that horse two weeks ago. Now, I mean, after what we saw in Louisiana, I'm not sure we can say that. Angel of Empire, probably Brad Cox's best horse. Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. we have Hit Show we're going to see this weekend. He'll try and, and make some noise and, and be part of that mm-hmm. conversation. But you, you definitely have a big three from Brad Cox now, an Angel of Empire, Hit Show, and um, an Instant Coffee. So those are the three that, that are most likely going on to the Derby Forum and, and are the, the three that you actually care about at this point. Pletcher, you got three Pletchers now that you definitely care about heading into the Derby. So it feels like those two trainers, which you've been talking about quite a bit so far in the run-up, have kind of uh, helped shuffle their deck and sort it out who exactly are their top three-year-olds at this point. Uh, so it's good, coming up in the chat, so this is great. Uh, we're questioning the quality of the field that, that happened here, and so this will tie into, uh, you know, Rocket Can wins the Holy Bull at Gulfstream. He was second to Confidence Game as a two-year-old, looking very solid there. Confidence Game came back and won the, was it the Lecomte stakes that he yes. ended up winning? Rebel stakes, yeah. I'm sorry. Rebel, 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 yeah, that's right. Won the Rebel stakes. So he was facing it second to Forte in the Fountain of Youth, facing good horses. He comes here, and, and I'm not going to blame the track because uh, he's taken his game on the road before. He just was okay, average, if that's what we want to call it there. Uh, and Angel of Empire just dusted him. So is Angel of Empire better than Forte? Uh, on any given Saturday, yes. But overall, <laughs> no, right? Uh, if, you, if they ran a match race, I'd take Forte. We'll put it there. But, I mean, and this is the, the comment, right, which Dennis is bringing up. Is he twice as worse as Forte? <laughs> like, ah, that's where we're starting to get in that, that gray area of, are you really, now the problem with Angel of Empire, I just railed on Forte. Angel of Empire is sixth place right now, five lengths off a slower pace. He's going to be doing the exact same thing that Forte is going to be doing. He's mid-pack or worse. He's going to be pace dependent in a way. And so again, if you look at the last, I think it was like the last, since they went to the point system, before last year, where Rich Strike actually blew this stat up, every single winner of the Derby was first or second when they were at a quarter mile left in the race. And like you, you could not come from off the pace. There's only one horse I think came from like the back half in the last half mile to be able to make hit the, for, hit the exacta. We'll have to figure out what the pace is like this year. Obviously, it was a jacked up pace last year, which created that ability to close. But even that being said, the horses that ran second and third last year were what, second and fourth at the top of the stretch? I mean, it, it wasn't like, even with that pace, the horses that were going to end up being right there weren't right there throughout it. So to me, again, it goes back to, are you willing to take Angel of Empire in a 20-horse field, considering that you're probably not going to get the best trip in the world? And the biggest struggle with me with this derby field is, I don't know what horse is really good that can make their own trip. There's no justify here that can sit close to the pace. Or at Omaha Beach, like I mentioned, that can sit close to the pace. So, and I don't really see anyone going gate to wire. So it's which one of these horses coming from off that gets the best trip. And that's, that's going to be a big, big question. Yeah. As Carl Ramrod says, we don't have an answer for her, but who is that horse that's going to be up there? It's, it's going to be really fascinating to see. Uh, Rockface is, uh, no pun intended, new face in the chat, uh, but has been uh, harping on banishing a Mandarin hero, Mandarin hero, the Japanese horse who's going to be in the Santa Anita Derby uh, this Saturday. A very smart move, in my opinion, just, Bring him over, get an American prep in, and see how he compares now before trying to see if you can go to the Kentucky Derby there. Banishing, I would say, is a bit of a stretch, but that bluegrass field hasn't drawn, and if Blazing Sevens is going there and might be one of the top choices, I think that race is pretty wide open. 
Well, and three horses that got brought up here in the chat, Kings Barn, Go Rocket Ride, Dharma Sotagate, all are going to be more forwardly placed. Yeah. I have massive question marks about all three. Huge question marks. But all will be forwardly placed and be in a better position than the horses like Angel of Empire and Forte will be when they actually start running this race. All right. Time's now for me to uh, ask you the question you absolutely hate when I, that I ask. Uh, right now, your Kentucky Derby pick. Who is it right now? Who do you have as your top pick for the, to win the Kentucky Derby? Well, this is really easy. My top pick is Forte. If everyone was 10 to 1, I'd be picking Forte. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Forte. However, on the first Saturday of May, everyone's not going to be 10 to 1. There's going to be a little <laughs> bit of variation in those odds. That's when it gets more difficult. I, I mean, look, you look over this list. Practical move, if practical move can run well. God, I hate a practical joke going a mile and a quarter, though. It's one thing when it's like a mile and a 16th. And like it just gets. But practical move's done everything right and does sit the right trip. It's a. He is going to be right behind the speed. He's not going to be way out of it. I can't bet Dermaso Degate what the odds are going to be. I have question marks about Kings Barnett what the odds are going to be. Two fills. Probably is not as talented, though. That's the problem. It's, it's, this is a very, very tough, tough race to handicap this far out without knowing the pace. But, I mean, Forte is the best horse in the class in my mind. I just don't know if I can bet him when he's sitting on the board 8-5 to five in a 20-horse field and he's got to close and get through traffic trouble. My biggest concern with Forte, and I'm going to do, uh, I'll have a video that I'll, and I'll do more analysis uh, in the, leading up to the Kentucky Derby. He debuted in May as a two year old. You got to go back to, I believe, the mid to early 80s to find the last Kentucky Derby winner who debuted that early and won the Kentucky Derby. It just doesn't happen anymore. Like, this is a son of violence, violence who was, you know, developed early, like most violence horses do. Uh, he looked great. And then you look at his buyers, he's, regressing based on buyers he is well, regressing right now so okay i know so that michael was play. asking earlier like i was i was bringing up um that i didn't you know rocket can was second to forte and that was forte's first off the bench forte ran a slower race buyer wise in his second start off the bench he's not developing as a three i think he's peaked mike i think that's bullshit <laughs> okay so now let me break down why uh first off pletcher traditionally with these type of horses does not have the horse cranked first or second time out he slowly builds them up into the Kentucky Derby. It's the Pletcher three-race progression. We've heard about it time and time again. Secondly, okay, and this is my biggest issue with the buyer complainers, and this is why I love buyers, because they get manipulated, and you can then adjust to the manipulation. This race was run slower than it would have been if you didn't have a bunch of shitty horses on the inside, okay? <laughs> Let's sure. just, like, if... if if Forte was too wide the whole race, do you think this thing finishes at 149? No. I mean, there, there's a bunch of different factors that slow the race down. And because of that, the buyer gets slowed down. But those aren't, like, that's not necessarily his fault. And when you're comparing it to a, a perfect trip, right? Because what they do is they take the buyer number by comparing all other races over this course at a certain distance. Well, guess what? If a horse wires the field, they're covering so much less ground than Forte did that that messes with the buyer number. And so you have to look at certain things like that. To me, this race was never going to produce a big buyer because of how it was run, because of who finished first and second. If this produced a 105 buyer, this would have been one of the races of the century. But because Forte was so wide first turn, Major was so far back, so wide first turn, both of them were four or five wide second turn, the likelihood of this popping a three-digit buyer was so low. And so I like to me, I'm not going to go ahead and, and blast Forte for his buyer when a I don't he probably wasn't fully cranked and b 
this was not this the type of race that is going to come back a big number. If that was a six-horse field, I bet you see 100. But because it was 11, because of the way it was run, it just to me, it just it, it messes with the numbers, and people get so obsessed with those numbers. And if you look at time form, by the way, they equated him to more of a 100 buyer, if you do the time form to buyer perspective. So time form thought the race was better than the buyer does. The buyer is going to be the one that you're going to hear more about and more used over the long term. I agree more with time form because of the pace and the trip. Especially with the way that the timing went, Re, you know, retiming everything for Craig McCoskey's time from US. And, and I get it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, a great point here from Derby Knowledge 93. If Practical Move runs in 147 and two and wins the San Anita Derby by five, he could be the favorite. The Aaron's top five for the Kentucky Derby. The video is out now. You can catch that at youtube.com slash racing dudes. He says the same thing. Forte is definitely um, beatable for the top spot right now. It's just a matter of the bluegrass, the wood, and the San Anita Derby this weekend. Uh, that we will go ahead and uh, check that out. But, all right, let's move I on, will, Mike. Uh, I go ahead, sorry. Anyone two and a half to one, the four, and I'll take Forte. You can have everybody else for favorite in the Kentucky Derby, assuming Forte is in the gate. Are you spe- you're talking specifically for favoritism on that? Favoritism, yes. That makes sense. There's uh, no way can... if Forte is in the gate, he is not the favorite in the Kentucky Derby. Zero chance. So, it, it, what odds do you think he'll be? Uh, the way let's just say that the the favorites. The top two or three horses from each of the preps this week, they continue moving forward. There's no surprises. What are Forte's odds as the favorite in the Kentucky Derby? Well, scroll down. Tell us what his odds were for the final uh, wager or Kentucky Derby pool number six. Five to two. That's your high point. That's your ceiling. Okay. Like the, he will no chance he goes off over five to two. So that, that is the maximum expectation you can have when betting Forte on Kentucky Derby Day. I think he is probably between 8 to 5 and 3 to 1. Chris Miles. Or, I'm sorry, 8 to, to 5 one. and 2 to 1. My fault. I'm with you. I think it's. I think we're looking like 8 to 5, that range, maybe even a touch lower. Um, and and where I was going with this, Curtis, what's the that? The quality was 2 to 1. Yeah. Uh, he was actually he was he was two ninety to one. So it, Nyquist is the shortest priced favorite for the Kentucky Derby in the last ten years. If you don't count Tis the Law, he was the only one that was actually a true two to one. The rest were five to two or higher. Um, he was your juvenile champion. I've seen people, including uh, Aaron, compare uh, compare him to Nyquist in the sense that he was the juvenile champion. He was the best two year old, and nobody really progressed that much uh, at three, and he was able to still beat them. So. Uh, very nice. By the way, the sports guy. Thank you. Very nice. Nice little tip there. Really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, I think Tom actually asked an excellent question. And maybe I'm not factoring this in. <laughs> Will Rich Strike affect the pools this year, though? It's a great question. I would I, I would say it's definitely going to affect the higher end of it. I would be surprised if we see a horse go off at 80 to 1. Um, the question of how it affects now when we've seen this. It hasn't overly affected favorites. Favorites are still getting bet. The higher price horses are, are getting bet. The middle tier is the one that have floated up when we've seen the, the rich strike effect in some of these other races. So you're still seeing the favorite getting bet down, but you're not seeing that middle tier that was on the morning line between 5 to 1 and 10 to 1 take the same amount of money that you were before. They're not getting bet down. They're staying there or floating up a little, and those 20 to 1, 30 to 1, 40 to 1 horses are coming way down. Um, so I... I would still say, okay, I'm going to back off my eight to five. I think Forte will be two to one, but man, there, there are going to be a lot of people playing long shots. And, and I, that to me, the, the exact pool, I think 
is going to be the interesting part of this is I, I think you're going to see a ton of exacta money like we saw last like off of last year where it's I'm going to play all with one horse or one horse with all. And I think the exacta pool is going to be a little inflated in that sense. You might get a nice price. Uh, I would say someone else brought it up. Uh, yeah, Kevin says, I don't think the rich strike effect will happen that much because the people who cashed on rich strike were your $2, $5 win bet on all the, the long shots and see what happens kind of betters. The, the big money betters are still going to be pouring it. I mean, Mike Rapoli is a billionaire. Vinny Viola is a billionaire. They both own Forte. Do you think they're not unloading everything they've got on Forte if they love his chances in that race? I mean, it's not everything, of course, but like they're going to put a lot – Almost Mattress Mac style money. And I think Mattress Mac likes Forte too. Yeah, Mattress. Well, Mattress Mac likes the favorite. If you've noticed with Mattress Mac's wagers, he's never wagered on a, horse, on a team outside of Texas or a team that's not the favorite in anything. So he's, he's probably going to play the favorite. <laughs> Here's my thing with Derby Knowledge. If he's five to two a month out and he's done racing, it's going to be tough to expect him to be five to two on the race day because theoretically everyone who's willing to bet him at five to two a month out has to be willing to bet him at five to two on the race day because he should be shorter than that, that future pool. And to me, the other thing here is like, look, we've been talking about this. This isn't the best class in the world. It's not what we expected when we were walking into this year, because a lot of the horses just haven't made it to the track. Forte is the one exception to that rule. He has danced every dance. He's a two-year-old champion. He is going to be hyped up like no other on national TV when they go into this race, the whole week coming up to it. Because the other part of this is if there's one horse that wins a triple crown, guess who it is this year? It's Forte. So, like, there's going to be a ton of Forte talk moving forward. I I'd be shocked if we're not staring at 2-1. to one. Uh, ooh. So, Todd Pletcher's record, uh, Derby to Preakness, very bad. And it's, I think a big reason is because it's just two weeks later, and Pletcher does not train his horses to bounce right back in two weeks like, say, Baffert horses might be able to do. So, uh, if Forte wins the Derby, hell against him in the Preakness already. Uh, real quick, uh, the sports guy did drop this as well. This is actually who I thought you were going to compare Forte to is Tis the Law. Um, a little bit of the similarity. They both have a really strong kick. I would say Forte is better than Tis the Law was in the sense that Tis the Law was a big hulking monster with a huge stride. And when Manny Franco got that horse in trouble, it was over. Forte had all kinds of trouble in the, in the Florida Derby there. Was still able to power past. It's a little bit of a smaller horse, but um, but still, that's exactly where I thought you were going to be going with that one. Yeah, Forte is more of an athlete than Tis the Law is. Like Tis the Law, like you said, he just he needs to be in the clear and can't get stopped. Forte is a little bit more of an athlete where he can kind of work it out a little bit. It's why I, I like I feel like comparing a horse to a horse that's only lost two races in his career and ran third in the Derby and third in the Breeders' Cup Classic is a pretty nice comparison, right? Uh, so to me, the essential quality comp's a little bit better, but I, I don't. I don't hate the Tizzle Law comp, um, but it feels a little more essential quality-ish to me. Well, there are also two Kentucky Oaks preps. Let's uh, hit those real quick. Uh, affirmative Lady in the Gulfstream Park Oaks. I was quite happy with this uh, result here. And if Mage had won the Florida Derby, that pick five that I had uh, on the Magic Mike show would have paid a lot better than it ended up doing. But hey, if you played my ticket, it was uh, pretty cheap and you still were able to cash. What did you think about Affirmative Lady here? And is she a horse that you're looking forward to for the Kentucky Oaks? I, this race I thought was interesting. Um, the short answer is if, if wet paint didn't exist, both the four affirmative lady and the seven here would be interesting to me in the, in the, the Oaks. Um, I, the, the four guy affirmative lady got a perfect trip here. She was able to just sit inside the speed, uh, save ground on both turns, split the torches around the far turn, able to win impressively. 
the nice part about both Affirmative Lady and the Seven Sacred Wish, both of them have upside still, right? I mean, this was only Affirmative Lady's sixth start, just her third time go or fourth time going two turns. She broke her maiden last time out after being in back-to-back -back stakes races and then jumped back into stakes company. And I thought had a really nice showing from herself. This is Graham Motion, who doesn't generally put horses in stakes unless he thinks as, as maidens. I mean, that's an aggressive move for him. So you knew he was he was interested. To me, the trip is the difference here, though. Watch what the four does versus what the seven does here. So the seven, not even on the screen, ends up going five wide. The four able to essentially save all the ground here on the inside. Um, goes right outside the one, splits horses, runs on with it. The seven's going a mile wide. I'm interested a little in both. Um, but this class is wide open. Like, I, I don't know if I can take the favorite here. Like, that's the, the biggest thing for me is, like, I just have no idea how you can – want to take the favorite and wet paint we'll talk about in a second she was phenomenal she looked great yeah both of these horses are a little interesting um i like darth vader darth vader i thought ran a really good race just doesn't want this distance if you look back mm -hmm. the other time she ran a mile six the mile 16th all the time she went two turns she just ran out of gas then too i, I think we got to keep her at one turn she could be a very good horse at one turn at golf stream like very good horse at one turn at golf stream uh Miracles, another one where like I'm just done with Miracle. I'm done with the six. Like to me, the other problem is the three favorites kind of sucked. <laughs> are we really sure these horses are any good? Like I and after Kathleen O last year at Gulfstream, I, I need to take a break from these Gulfstream Phillies. <laughs> Poor Kathleen O, by the way, lost is a is a big favorite aqueduct over the weekend, too. Just uh what a shame. I put that horse back at one turn. Uh listen, Sacred Wish, uh, uh super impressive, and I'm glad you brought her up. Uh, did not get the trip Affirmative Lady did, did not have the setup that Affirmative Lady did, and yet this is a filly who was coming off of a six-furlong maiden special way to Oaklawn Park victory. Uh, just her third career start, first time routing. She's by not this time out of an Indian Charlie mare. Those are some excellent bloodlines uh, moving forward. I, I keep an eye on Sacred Lady. I think as far as um, not maybe not necessarily to win yet, and I'm not going to say she win the Oaks. She's definitely a horse you're going to want to put on your tickets there, and I don't think she's going to come from that far back uh have to be that far back in the kentucky oaks second time i would expect her to be a little more forwardly placed uh, than what she got here um tip of the cap too to dr miranda she loved the one flakes got 30 to one and, and is keeping her solid uh kentucky oaks prep race picks alive so make sure you're following her uh, previews over racingnews.com as well um yeah, sacred, sacred wish interesting one to me i mean we you you mentioned it two two six furlong races at Gulfstream. this is a not this time this is just a fire sire right now not this time has been really really high mm -hmm. sells for fifty thousand at auction but then gets privately purchased out of those two six furlong races and ships in for this race clearly this one developed a little bit later for the talent i look i, I think that seven has a shot uh if you didn't miss if, first of all you got to watch our live streams on saturdays if you can when we're covering these big races this last one that we had was the by far the most fun i've ever had doing uh any of these live whether it's for uh oaks or derby or whatever but Affirmative lady. Yeah, I, I couldn't hold back on that one because we had chalk in the first leg of the pick five, chalk in the second leg of the pick five. I'm like, come on, give me one price or this is going to pay like $10. And so when I saw affirmative lady going, yeah, my uh, I, I like to do the snap of the fingers and like that, a big whip whipping motion with that. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I don't You're not much of a celebrator. You're more just going to sit there and watch and like you little motions. You're very like you're like I'm I'm Kevin James and you're Will Smith and Hitch. Right. Like I'm all over the place and you're like. Keep it right here. Well, I'm, I'm a leaner. That's my I'm, – I'm, I'm trying to somehow change the wire with where the horse's nose is so that I can adjust <laughs> the, the, you know, 
the angle on my computer screen that doesn't adjust the angle at all. Uh, that's what I, I'm more of a leaning type kind of like, if you watch the Florida Derby, I'm, I'm yeah, like I'm yelling at Forte to win like a one to five should. And I'm leaning like this to try and give him a little more time to get up there. So uh, yeah, it's, it's always interesting. The rooting factors and who roots, how I'm, I'm definitely one of the more calmer rooters when it, uh, when it comes to the group, I'll put it that way. <laughs> uh, Mike says, or Kevin says, Mike's celebration looks like he's about to faint because he's got money on the line. Boy, that uh, yeah, that eleven four exacta for the Florida Derby. You're not kidding. That was a good one there too. <laughs> it's a twelve thousand dollars exacta. That's all. Yeah, that's all it was. <laughs> yeah. Problem, you know. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Good job, Car Ramrod. Uh, we'll move on. Fantasy stakes here. Wet paint uh, sweeps the Oakland Park series. Um, this was the big test for her because she, for the first time, had a dry dirt track. She's never done. Always in wet track. Is it possible the fast dirt moved her forwards? Like, is she better on fast dirt than wet dirt? Is that what we learned from wet paint? I mean, this is really impressive. She looked awesome here swooping this field. I Like, well, we can have a little conversation about how much is in here. And that, that's obviously going to be one of the main talking points for people that, that are going to try and argue against wet paint. The, the trip also matters, although there's not going to be 20 horses in the Oaks. So the trip is not as big of a concern there. Oh, by the way, you got Flavian Pratt aboard too. That doesn't suck. Uh, she's your deserving favorite for the Oaks at this point. I think Botanical is the other horse that's going to get bet. She's the other one that's probably going to be a short price. But to me, wet paint and Botanical are the best two horses right now we've seen in this Philly crop. Uh, that's not exactly a really going out on a limb they should be your two favorites right now <laughs> uh yeah derby knowledge loving botanical uh come aboard the botanical train i'll save you everybody some seats um but it's gonna be hard to do after this one i mean look at god it's just flavian pratt's so confident like years of watching flavian pratt at california and, and in this race specifically watching how confident he ri- confidently he rides her and she had the opposite trip of her previous races. Like, how far away she's got to go? She didn't go inside. She didn't get a dream rail trip. She's like, well, almost to the parking lot. She's like, if, if Shadi and Aaron were still there at the rail, like they were for the Rebel Day, like they could have just handed her like their programs as she went by. Like she was that far out wide. Well, like, and people are going to knock this field. Outside of like four Phillies, really, there's not that much this year. Like this, I can knock a lot of horses that are running in these races here for the Phillies. I mean, we just talked about the Florida Oaks. This field was probably better. Like, right? Like, this is a better yeah. field than the Florida Oaks field with wet paint alone. Um, yeah, you can win the Oaks from back there. I don't think that's a big issue. Look at Secret Oath last year won the Oaks from from further back in the pack. She had to go four wide and circle them and had no issue. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think you can win the Oaks from further back, especially considering there's a lot of these Phillies at this point are getting really tired when they get toward that mile and an eighth, let alone a mile and a quarter when they get to the Oaks. So, yeah, there's a lot of different spots where I, I – a lot of different positives here for wet paint. I think this is a really fun effort. I love these closers. I love Zenyatta, those type of horses that just come flying from the back. That's what wet paint is. It's a roll of the dice whether or not she gets through, but you got Flavian Pratt. She's got through the last time, three times. Like, hey, why not? Let's see what happens. This was the uh, this was one of the most disappointing results uh, all day in terms of exactus, just because we were that close to a third six nine finish on the. We covered four races. Three of them could have been a six nine exacta uh, for magic for um, the races that we saw. Uh, but man, it's crazy. Brad Cox has got wet paint. He's got botanical. Uh, he's loaded for th- for this. Swing, uh... swing, tent pole. <laughs> yes, I was going to save that for a little later, but I'm glad you brought that up. But boy, Flavian Pratt is is winning everything. My biggest, I, I will say, also a complaint. He won on two horses that both carried the six saddlecloth, and he had blue uh, jockey silks on both times. 
trying to like look at little thumbnails and figure out which one goes on which race. Very complicated for this. I can't wait for Keeneland when the saddle cloth won't help. Well, there you go. See, saddle cloth's all the same color. One positive vote for Keeneland. That was sarcasm, Mike. All right, who's your Oaks pick? Is it going to be wet paint at this point? I'm still going botanical. I said botanical last week. I'm going to stick with botanical. I think he has a little bit of shot of a better trip. Obviously concerned that we're going on a dirt alpha synthetic, but give me botanical. I, I do like, like wet paint a one bunch though. I mean, I think it's those two and the rest of the field right now to me. Botanical will get, if she handles dirt, assuming she will, she'll get the jump on wet paint. She will be a lot closer to the pace early. And we have not seen botanical get reeled in. Uh, at all as a three-year-old so i'm gonna ride with you with botanical everybody in the chat you want to keep riding up with or jump on the botanical bus with mike and i almost screwed that one up jump on the botanical bus with mike and i uh for that one but sounds like a california type bus (laughs) Ooh, yeah actually yeah let's do that one we'll do a california style botanical bus jump on board uh i think jamie roth would be okay with that as well vel and j foxwood so that's who we got tell us in the chat though who you think i know michael myers is super excited because if you played the oaks uh future wager with Kentucky Derby pool five and we said this after the pool ended 30 to one on botanical that's gonna you're not gonna get anywhere close to that on Oaks Day and if you think she can handle the dirt uh that's a good a good spot to take there so uh <laughs> botanical wet paint dry exacta there we go any other horses here that you're considering I think we uh that's really it I mean Darth Vader is a one-turn horse South Wall and I thought was good pretty mischievous I think is is good I gotta say not as good as these two I'm interested in Wonder Wheel's price. We've all just kind of forgotten about Wonder Wheel because of how bad she was at Tampa last time. But she kind of, to me, I mean, if we're going to talk about the, the, that horse that off one start, you get a monster number. I mean, Wonder Wheel was the champion in this division last year. Uh, Wet Paint and, and Botanical look like they're very good horses. No one else in here looks good at all. So <laughs> if we're sitting there and like, and you know, South Lawn, actually, I'm not going to completely shit on South Lawn either. I think you, know, you don't want to shit on the lawn. Uh, South Lawn's not bad either. So, uh, those four to me are the interesting ones. We'll see what the prices are when it actually comes up. Yeah. Uh, and tell me no lies. We'll see her this week in the Santa Anita Oaks. That's the Peter Miller trainee that was very good in California. She didn't do well in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. but And then I think she was second in her debut as a three-year-old. So we get to see her second off the layoff uh, coming up this Saturday. But, hey, if you want wall-to-wall derby and Oaks coverage, you know where to go. The RacingDudes.com and, of course, right here, YouTube.com. Slash racing dudes, we're gonna have all sorts of content continuing to lead up to the big days, uh, May fifth and May sixth. We're a month away, buddy. We're less than five. You know, last weekend was five weeks out, so we're getting close to a month away. We've got the Wood Memorial, San Anita Derby, Bluegrass Stakes, all coming up this weekend. Which of those three races are you most excited for? San Anita Derby. I mean, simply because we have Cave Rock, and it's our last chance. And we got Arctic Area and stuff in the wood. We need Cave Rock to run well. I'm also interested in seeing Cave Rock take on practical move because to me that's one of those where i want to see how good practical move is cave rock's still in the baffert barn cave rock's still going to be one of would have been one of the favorites in the derby stretch if he had actually run and it wasn't for rain that slowed him down from being able to work uh so i'm interested to see how cave rock stacks up against practical move and if, if practical move is going to be able to do what he did against an actual baffert horse who doesn't suck versus all of the shitty baffert horses who are now with tim yak team been saying it for a while. I want to see Cape Rock come back in the San Diego Derby and have practical move have to prove himself uh, against that horse because that's it's like from a wrestling. We talked about wrestling to start the program. We're going to bookend it here. We'll finish with it. The storyline of practical move you beat the Baffert C heels, you beat the Baffert B heels. Now you've got to beat the A heel. 
Hard times breed better men, but I don't know. This is going to be a pretty hard time for a practical move. Uh, Shadi, we're going to try and wrap this up so that you can get going. Uh, I know that you've got your uh, you've got your phone is dying there. But real quick, before we get out, Mike, big game tonight. UConn, SDSU. UConn's trying to be a blue blood pro- – trying to work their way into the blue blood program discussion. Do they get the job done at a very big number? I did not bet the game, so I'm going to put that one out in the world right away. So do with it what you will. I do like two NHL first period unders in both of the later games today. The Dallas Stars playing at home, take the under goal and a half in the first period. And uh, I can't remember the other one. Oh, yes, the uh, Wild playing at home against Golden Knights, take the under goal and a half. I actually bet both of those in the first period. Title game kind of reminds me of last night. The whole world was on Iowa, except for the people that do it for a living. They were all betting in LFU. The whole world is on UConn. Except for the people who do it for a living. They're all betting San Diego State. And this, this it was seven and a half this morning. It's seven now. Uh, I did not bet the game. If I did, I would be betting the seven and a half with SDSU. I would take the under if I was betting the total. I'm not betting the total. I'm going to just watch the game and enjoy it because I don't like my numbers are pretty much dead on this. And I don't have a good enough feel for either of these teams to think there's any real value in it. Maybe we'll throw something in there in the, the in the in-game stuff, but uh, if you are looking to bet it, you have the entire public on UConn and the over. You have the entire betting world on SDSU and the under. Make of that what you will. <laughs> uh, listen, I, there's a few people in the chat, uh, Jason, Kevin, that they've got futures on UConn. Nice futures. Uh, they're asking, Mike, would you would you hedge with a plus seven and a half and try and like hit both of them? Or would you just hedge and go San Diego State money line tonight? Plus seven and a half. I think the most likely outcome is UConn winning by like four or five. Now, yeah, I, I agree with Car Ramrod's comment here. Yes, you are you are dead on. They like UConn has looked phenomenal. Five and zero oh against the spread. They've covered against every single team outside of the Big East all year. They they have been awesome. But the public is hammering UConn. The line went from seven and a half to seven, and that tells you all you need to know about where the biggest bets are coming in. Like and, and again, if you like UConn, I'm not telling you don't bet UConn. I'm just telling you where the money's flowing. And I, I don't have a real lean on either side of this. I thought this game should be UConn minus six and a half. I'm close enough to that that I don't think there's a big edge in betting San Diego State. I also don't really feel like standing in front of the buzzsaw that is UConn right now. So that's why I'm not betting San Diego State. But it, it should be a fun game. Uh, I The under is the one thing. If I was going to play anything, and if I do play anything before tip, it would be the under. This UConn team's held opponents to under 60 points per game this tournament. And then you've got San Diego State, who's been the best defense in the tournament. And the total sitting there at 130 and change. I think it's 137, 133, something like that. To me, that that's a recipe toward the under, right? And, and that's where the majority of the professional money is going as well. Um, so under to me would be the one of the four options I would play pregame if I do play anything. But right now I'm laying off and just betting some hockey. Well, there you go. Good luck if you're betting. Good luck to all of you with future bets and bets on the basketball game tonight. And if you want more sports picks, not just horse racing, sports picks every Wednesday through Sunday, we're live at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. The dudes who bet daily, lots of great sports uh, picks have been given out. The college basketball's over, though, so uh, we got to find a new one to try and kick some ass at. I'm sure we'll we'll be able to do it. Hockey's still going strong, so you got the first period under action. Yeah, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Make sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kelloward. He is at Summer Bomb 18, number one, number eight. Corporate Overlords at Racing underscore Dudes. The top five for the Derby and the Oaks from Aaron Halterman. They're both live right now at RacingDudes.com. So go check that out. Also, they crushed the Florida Derby Day betting Bible. There's a video coming out on Tuesday that it goes into detail how they were able to do it. Bluegrass is coming up this weekend. Keeneland will be the, fee- the focus for the betting Bible. So you don't want to miss that one. And of course, visit our friends at OGHandicappers.net. Get 10% off everything site-wide with code DUDES, promo code D-U-D-E-S. Make sure you check that out. 
We'll be back on Thursday for the Magic Mike Show covering Keeneland's late pick five. It's going to be a hell of a doozy because Keeneland, boy, they, they love their field sizes there, especially on the turf course. So make sure you tune in for that one. Until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week. Swing, swing, tentpole. <laughs> The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.